0: Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
1: Ah, the things we talk about during breaks that we can't share, unfortunately, with you. Good stuff. Always good stuff. 8.04 the time. Welcome back. Hour two of the program. Getting you set for the sports weekend on this Friday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their overstock sale continues. Deals on just about everything at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Currently, sunny skies, 38 degrees. We're looking at a high today of about 69. Tonight, mostly clear skies with a low near 46. And then tomorrow for your Saturday, intervals of clouds and sunshine, a high of 71. Perfect weather. Perfect weather. If you're heading down to Oxford for the Ole Miss Texas A and M game, or you're right here in Memphis going over to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium for the Tigers against the South Florida Bulls, second hour of the program is brought to you each and every day by James Gaddis Jewelers. They are your family's jeweler. 4900 Poplar Avenue between Mendenhall and Saint Nick. On the web at GaddisJewelers.com. We've been talking all week about this amazing designer deal that they have going on. They have. All the great designers that they carry, it's Designer Week, and the last days are today and tomorrow. And so they carry all this uh, terrific designer jewelry. And they have uh, all the big names, Philip, Gabrielle, they have Doves by Duran Paloma, on and on and on and on. And this week, if you purchase, during this exclusive event, uh, any of their designer items, you will be entered into a drawing for a pair of beautiful one-carat uh, lab-grown diamond stud earrings, which certainly will make a great gift on Christmas Day for a loved one. So check it out. Designer Week at James Gaddis Jewelers is coming quickly to an end with the final two days today and tomorrow. And every Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis Sports Fact. I was just talking to John about uh, Kelvin Perkins. Did you know that the Southwind High School quarterback, who is in the class of 2026— had a combined 2,300 yards passing and rushing during the regular season and a total of 43 touchdowns combined, 35 passing, 8 rushing for Kelvin Perkins. Tremendous. One of those many, many tremendous athletes that have been produced here recently in this area and now starting to really showcase his goods for Southwind High School. All right. the, the, the conversation during the
2: break, we could share with the people. John is the only time he's ever drank alcohol was by accident.
1: Yeah. We'll, which is, we'll a, it, we'll which is a weird thing. The, when he, we'll when he said he had
2: never drank in his life, I said, you've never had a single drink? And he said, not on purpose. And I, yeah, <laughs> that, I was like, that what? is a weird, it was a weird thing. So I did get the, the story of the one time he accidentally drank alcohol.
1: And it, and, and it makes sense how it was uh, accidental.
2: <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever accidentally drank any alcohol. It's always been on purpose.
1: Yeah, I, I, it wasn't accidental. For me. Um, do you remember the first time you tried alcohol? It had to be one of your brothers giving it to you, I'm sure.
2: Uh, I don't re- like, the exact first time, no. I've
1: You don't remember that? No. And you don't remember kind of around about age?
2: Oh, I, I, I mean, I was... I you w- grew up on a farm, I so will, you're probably will, will, seven, will, I'm guessing? I will plead the fifth on <laughs> when I started drinking alcohol. I will, I will refrain from that. I don't want my... I don't want DCFS going after my parents or anything. Oh, they're, a little, they're a little too old for that.
1: And it's obvious you didn't enjoy it. So just.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had a different reaction to it than John than did. John, did right. <laughs> um, John decided to never drink again. I decided to drink more. <laughs>
1: Well, sometimes I've been driven to drink, but uh, yeah, I can understand either way. Coming up a little bit later on in this hour, in fact, at 8.30, we will be talking to the new men's basketball coach at Ole Miss, Chris Beard, getting ready for his first season, a much-anticipated season. Obviously, some controversy when he was hired, but I don't think there's any controversy now. I think the fans have certainly uh, put out the welcome mat for Chris. They know what he can do as a coach. He has proven that as an X's and O's guy. He's getting recruits. He got guys in the portal. They will be competitive this year. I don't know how competitive in this first year, but I think competitive enough where they'll give some teams fits. Memphis will play Ole Miss. It will be a battle, certainly. But uh, Chris Beard will join us at 8.30 at 9.05. Brandon Lang from brandonlang.com and of course one of the uh, most entertaining handicappers you'll ever find and then we'll play 10 in a row before we get out of here and call it a week but we've been talking in the first hour about the grizzlies tonight in action against the portland trailblazers first to two against portland they'll play them again sunday and tonight is the start of the in season tournament santi aldama has been I guess upgraded to doubtful, but more than likely won't be going tonight. No D-Rose again. Same cast of characters as usual out, including Ja, obviously Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark. They went on this trip. I thought, yeah, Utah probably won't be a dub, but maybe they can pull one out. And they got clobbered. So now you look at Portland, who won their last game. I think it was against Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. I look at the Portland team. Man-to-man, you look down this roster, and this is not a good basketball team. Portland should be one of the worst teams in the NBA, just from what they did in the offseason, getting rid of who they got rid of. And Anthony Simons, who I love, is on the shelf. He's hurt, to top it off. Yet, you just don't know with this Grizzlies team right now. They're playing so poorly, defensively, they are playing poorly. The perimeter defense is bad. But offensively, they're just not clicking. They're not shooting the three ball consistently enough. They're not getting to the hole whatsoever. Again, you have the debut, more than likely, of Bismack Biombo, He was signed. I assume that he came to Memphis in playing shape, or Portland in this case. And we'll see action coming off the bench, more than likely. I just don't know how much of a difference he can make. I think he could certainly help. From the defensive standpoint, but they need Luke Kennard to figure out what's wrong with his shooting woes when he has produced what he has since he's been in the NBA, and that's a high percentage of made threes. got to get more consistency out of those role players coming off the bench, whoever it may be, like Roddy or Conchar. But man, oh man, get a dub, for goodness sakes, in one of these games against Portland before you head back home. Miami is their next home game on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, Portland obviously has Scoot Henderson, a lot of excitement around him, although he has struggled, especially shooting the basketball so far. Shaden Sharp has been um, good so far. Jeremy Grant, obviously they got DeAndre Ayton in that trade, um, who is a good player. But um, it's a team that, yes, you you certainly would expect to win one of the two, and hopefully you could go up there and get two wins. You you look at Utah, after hammering the Grizzlies, they – turn around and lose to Orlando at home um but it's um yeah it just at this point you certainly need to get just that first win to get that behind you but hopefully you could pick up a couple of wins and um just it'd be nice to just play well on both ends of the court <laughs> for for a game, um, you know the best performance by far was the Denver game. Just so happened that they were playing Denver that night, and that's the, that doesn't seem to go well for most teams. But um, yeah, it, you know, shoot the ball well, defend everything, just kind of have a night where things go well, and don't dig yourself a big hole early on like they did at Utah.
1: Hour one, we also talked about the Tigers last night on the hardwood, winning their. Preseason finale, their second exhibition game taking care of business as you would imagine against Lemoyne and they are getting set for their regular season opener on Monday when they host Jackson State at FedEx Forum. Also talked a little NFL as the new week kicked off with the Steelers knocking off the Titans 20 to 16, Pittsburgh improving to 5 and 3, the Titans dropping to 3 and 5. The NFL slate this weekend is terrific. There are some titanic matchups.
2: Yeah, and and maybe the best matchup is going to be played in Germany, um, over in Frankfurt. First time they've ever gone to Frankfurt, Germany. Last year, played the first game over there in Munich. But uh, that's a that's a pretty good get for the folks in Frankfurt to get the Chiefs and the Dolphins um, as their first game ever over there. Um, could be a high scoring affair. You know, it's, the Dolphins have been high-scoring team, obviously, but they've lost. seems like whenever they've kind of had that big matchup against another good team, they've lost, Mm. whereas the Chiefs coming off the weird performance against Denver where they did not score a touchdown. Um, And it's a, you know, when you, if you're Miami, as you project forward and start thinking postseason, you don't want to have to go to Kansas City. In January, you don't want to have to go to Buffalo in January. So if you're the if you're the Dolphins, you really want to try and find a way to earn home field advantage throughout the postseason, so you don't have to go to these cold weather cities mm-hmm. um, that would be the likely spots you would end up going. They've already lost the game to the Bills. Obviously, um, they they don't want to lose one to the Chiefs.
1: Pat Mahomes was less than a hundred percent in that loss last week, so uh, he probably needs to stay away from the bratwurst. Um, in Ger- <clears throat> in Germany, I know it was, uh, it was flu-like symptoms. Not sure if uh, it was any kind of stomach virus, but uh, the Chiefs are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Game will be on NFL Network starting at 8.30 a.m. on Sunday. Aside from the Dolphins and Chiefs. Do you think Taylor will be there?
2: Where does her tour start? Do we know where her tour starts? Is she, does she, is she touring over there by chance?
1: I thought she was headed to Europe, but I don't know her schedule. If I, if, I, think there, I, don't,
2: I don't know if the tour's actually
1: started up. I'm going to guess she's at the game. I'm guessing she's going to be there. Okay, so she wasn't at their last game last weekend, and no. they lost. And Kelsey was, eh.
2: But is, his numbers are like crazy. Is there it's something different. to it? It's like he averages like twice as many yards in games she's at versus games she's what,
1: not Was at. he that down, downtrodden with, with Taylor not there? Was that the difference maker for, for Kelsey? So I don't know. I'm not sure if she'll be in Germany or not. I'm sure, Zach. Right now, is feverishly looking to see what her uh, her schedule what's her, is. What's her tour schedule? It's not
0: like I keep up with her. It's just Google oh, we screens. know you do. What's her tour Beyonce schedule? Where, 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 is, she, is her tour started? No, uh, her tour starts. Uh, her tour dates in the U.S. Oh, oh, this is next year. That's why. That's why I'm looking at it. Does she ever not tour? When is the she international tour? November yes. 9th. Okay, so and where is that?
2: Week. Where's that
0: at? That's in uh, Argentina.
2: Oh, she's not oh, yeah. Unless
0: no. unless they have a football game in Buenos Aires.
2: Well, I mean she that's that's five days let's see. So
1: the no way she's
0: what, going to Sunday Germany, Germany. Is the fifth.
2: I mean she could do that. She could, could do, do it, match. but I
1: don't know. I don't know <laughs> if she's going to Germany and then the Buenos Aires. So Dolphins Chiefs from Frankfurt, Germany. Does she go to Germany? At our tour?
0: I'm sure she does. Germany is Sunday. Eh, I think she can. When does she go? Does, no, she, does she
2: tour in Germany? Is Germany on the schedule? schedule.
0: Oh. Uh, it has to be. She could go do some
2: sightseeing. She could do the uh evaluation. Does she not do Germany?
1: Sure she does. Yes. yes she was yes. Well, in is, Germany for when is
2: a couple of weeks. When is that? That's in July. Oh, gosh. Yeah. She time, that one.
1: Man, this is going to be a long tour. I mean, it seems like she never stops touring. You know, it takes a few days off here and there. All right, so Seahawks and Ravens, they play this weekend. Seahawks at 5-2, Ravens at 6-2. That should be a good game. Uh, also on the schedule, you have the Cowboys and the Eagles. That's a Titanic matchup. Cowboys at 5-2. On a nice little roll here, especially with Dak Prescott, the Eagles at seven and one, and then you have your Sunday night game with the Bills and the Bengals. The Bills at five and three, the Bengals four and three, coming off the win over San Francisco. Joe Burrow seems to be very healthy now, and he struggled early in the year with what an, an- was it an ankle or a knee? Uh, it was calf, I believe. It was. it was a calf injury. Okay, so look at that: Bills, Bengals, Cowboys, Eagles. Seahawks, Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs. You, you can't get much better than that. No, yeah, it's it's it's
2: gonna be gonna be a fun fun week, um, no doubt about it. Yeah, there's, I mean, that Cowboys Eagles game. Um, you know, for the Cowboys, if they could go into Philadelphia and get a win and hand the Eagles a loss, with the Eagles still having to come in, um, that certainly would be massive and set them in a good position to possibly win the division. The Eagles have this. I mean, this is just such a brutal stretch of the schedule for the Eagles um when you they they it they got the Cowboys it's Cowboys they get the bye week but Cowboys Chiefs Bills 49ers Cowboys Seahawks wow like that's that I, that is a that's that's a brutal stretch. That's just a brutal stretch of games that they have to play. They had the Dolphins two weeks ago. the Commanders in between there. But I mean, it, this is this is a brutal stretch for the Eagles. It'd be interesting to see how they're able, you know, how many losses they come out of this stretch.
1: What with. would you guess? I, I think if they come out of that four and two, they're sitting really, really good. Um, I think they will.
2: The Seahawks game is at Seattle, but I think they will beat them. I think they go one and one against the Cowboys, and I think they probably go I think they probably lose at the Chiefs and beat the Bills and 49ers at home.
1: So you got them at four and two as well. Yeah, I think four and two you'd be happy with that. College football tonight, a couple of games. Boston College at Syracuse, Colorado State will play at Wyoming, and then the big slate tomorrow includes the Memphis game against USF. And yesterday We gave you all the numbers, all the analytics. We heard from head coach Ryan Silverfield. This, to me, feels like it's going to be a similar game to the last couple of weeks. Now, I'm not saying blow a big lead, come back on a last-minute drive and win like they did last week in Denton against North Texas. I'm talking about a team that they're going up against in the American that has the ability to score but doesn't play defense. That's a recurring theme with a lot of teams in the American. Now, the upper, upper echelon, and we're talking about Tulane, can play defense. I don't know about SMU. I haven't looked at their numbers. I haven't really looked at UTSA. And we know that Memphis at times, defensively, they look really good and can force turnovers. And at other times, they just seem to be worn down. But this week against South Florida, you better be ready to go because they play the third quickest pace In college football, they're a team that's going to score points. I I, I believe it's going to be another one of those offensive shootouts. If you like the fireworks, I think you're going to enjoy the game tomorrow. I'd be very surprised if we saw some sort of defensive dogfight. But I think Memphis has a 13 and a half point favorite. Vegas is pretty good at what they do. They feel very confident. I feel confident Memphis will win the game. But I don't think they're going to beat them by more than 13 and a half. I'd be surprised if Memphis goes in there and routes them. Now, South Florida has gotten into situations. In past weeks where UAB scored 55 on him, you turn it over a couple of times, and all of a sudden now you're down three touchdowns or four touchdowns because teams take advantage. They're able to move the ball on you. They're able to pass on you. Hennigan should have a field day in this game. So that's what I'm looking at. If you like the fireworks, you like the scoring, I expect it to be a high-scoring game. I expect Memphis to win that game. And if they do, they improve to 7-2 and two going into the uh, the big biff pogie game next weekend where they will be a favorite on the road. And if you take care of business, it sets up for that following week against SMU.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, that SMU game is, is kind of the game remaining on the schedule, but you got to take care of business in these other games that you should win. Um, you certainly can't afford a home loss to a team like USF. It's uh, they're They are not very good, but they are a team that if you don't go out and, Play well if you go out, turn the ball over, give them extra possessions. Uh, they certainly have the ability to beat you because sure. they have the ability to score points. But you
1: can't afford a loss it, no matter where.
2: They've got um, you know a good quarterback who can hurt you both throwing and running. Um, they've got a good receiver. They've got the running back who's um, pretty good. You know a lot of transfer guys as you would expect. They made a you know, went to the transfer portal, and brought in these guys um, from a lot of power five schools. So, um, but their defense is just like every other just about every other defense in the conference um awful it's just they 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 struggle to stop anybody other than alabama um whatever (laughs) i i don't i'm not sure how but they've struggled they haven't stopped anybody other than alabama this year which is the most bizarre thing in the history of college football possibly
1: so does that tell you that there is just more skilled offensive players that are available to all teams as opposed to maybe the defensive players? Or does it tell you that the the rules of engagement, if you will, in college football these days just gives such an advantage to offensive players? It's very rare to see a team like Iowa that plays really incredible defense. That That's the rarity now uh, in football. What is the reason why at every level, I mean, Power Five, Group of Five, the, the smallest Division A schools that can still put points on the board.
2: Well, it's, yeah, I mean, the rules are obviously uh, slanted towards the offense at points, but it's, I mean, all these, it's, I mean, teams that are running 70, 75, 80 and plays a game. I mean, there's the up tempo offense. I mean, it's just it's hard to defend it. I mean, there's so many more possessions, so many more plays in a game. There's just going to be more. There's going to be points scored.
1: So it's more scheme and the and the rules of the game than it is personnel. Well,
2: they're, but they're all. I mean, there there is a. I mean, again, the, the transfer portal has distributed the talent much more. You know, just look at every one of these teams in the American. If you go through their skill position players, most of them are transferred. Yes. yes. And, and a lot of them came from power five schools. You, there's a lot of receivers and running backs, at these mm-hmm. power five schools who don't get that opportunity. And then they decide to transfer and they kind of go down a level into the group of five for an opportunity to be that starting running back, starting receiver. I mean, again, you know, USF has Florida transfer at running back. Minnesota transfer receiver, North Carolina transfer receiver. Um, well, the other receivers from Wagner. Um, you also get that where these the the guys at the FCS who are really really good want to get their opportunity, and maybe they're not good enough to go all the way up to Power Five, so they come into that Group of Five area um, as right, well. No. So you know, in the Group of Five, you're kind of getting it from both directions. You're trying, you're going down in the lower levels. You know, it, it, what um, with Memphis and uh, the linebacker. uh, from East Tennessee State, who's having a great year? Oh, Kevin uh, uh, Martin, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and then, but you're also then, you, but you also have the guys, the well, you Blake Watsons, from, and from Arkansas, though, and the you know Blake Upsies and all that. Yes, so you're yes. You're getting in a group of five. You kind of can get it from both directions, and you put this together but that's just the way that's the the, the sign of the times in college football
1: Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration for all your roofing and home repair needs call Brandon McCullough 901-438-5084 this is a company folks that have been with us for years and years locally owned and operated you have a roofing issue Please call Brandon today. They'll come out and do a free roof inspection. They're licensed, bonded, and insured, and a member of the Better Business Bureau. They offer financing with different plans and options to choose from, including a 6-, 12-, or 18-month same-as-cash option. They'll work with your insurance company. They'll work out of pocket, whatever it takes. They do residential and commercial roofing. So business owners and property managers, along with homeowners, if you have a leak or any other roofing problem, call Brandon today. Again, they'll come out and do a free roof inspection. Carpentry work, exterior painting, they can replace gutters, they can put up shingles, fencing, siding, rotten wood repair, whatever you can't do yourself. Call the experts at Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration. That's quality work at a very reasonable price, and all their work is satisfaction guaranteed. So call Brandon at 901-438-5084 or go online to newroofmemphis.com. Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration for all your roofing and home repair needs. When we come back... The head basketball coach of the Ole Miss Rebels, Chris Beer, joins us. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, and 98.5 FM.
0: You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. now back to sports 56 mornings on sports 56 and 98.5 fm this hour is brought to you by james gaddis jewelers don't you just love it here once again greg gaston and eli savoy Welcome back, everybody. Halfway
1: home on this Friday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Getting you set for the sports weekend. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. It will be a lot of fun on Monday at the Pavilion in Oxford. The Ole Miss men's basketball season will get underway as the Rebels will play host to Alabama State. We are very pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels, Chris Beard, who you can follow on Twitter, at Coach Beard. He joins us now on Sports 56 Mornings. Hey, Coach, how are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Uh, before we dive into your team and the anticipation for this upcoming season, obviously we had the tragic news over the weekend of the passing of one of the legends of the game in Bobby Knight, I'm sure. I, I know that you've, you've said some things about him, have posted some things, but certainly that hits home for every coach I would imagine that has coached in this great game of basketball.
3: Yeah, I'm very proud uh, to be associated with Coach Knight, Pat, the Knight family. I was an assistant for coach at Texas Tech. I met him in 2000, 2001, uh, when I was a junior college coach in the state of Oklahoma and simply stated, um, you know, coach is the best in my opinion, one of the best that's ever done it and basically got a PhD in coaching every day for eight years with him. And I will always be uh, appreciative of what he did for me personally
2: so far um, in your time at Ole miss has it uh, has have things gone smoothly the way you expected now as you kind of get as you get ready to open up the season
3: things have gone really well I don't know if smoothly is the word uh, <laughs> coach, coaching transitions are hard uh, for a lot of reasons challenging um I've been really uh pleased with our first six months at Oxford I think at the top of the list um, of positives is just our players we uh I'm um, really proud of our guys. You know, our team's a combination of three groups. Returners that played for Kermit Davis, a friend of mine. Um, of course, some portal guys. That's what college basketball is in a lot of ways now. And then The bloodline of our program will always be high school recruiting, so we got mm-hmm. a couple of good high school recruits too. With those three groups of guys, form our first team here at Ole Miss, and they've, they've tried really hard since the summer.
1: When I said uh, just a moment ago the uh – people are so excited. And I said, it's not certainly not hyperbole. Uh, this is a, um, much anticipated season, uh, to, uh, to bring in a coach of your stature to coach these guys. Obviously the football program is rolling right along, but they're really chomping at the bit for a big time basketball season, a big time basketball run. And, um, I'm sure you feel very confident that, uh, you guys will eventually get to that point.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. I think, um, Obviously, we had a lot of work to do. It's a process. It takes time. Um, but on the other side of the coin, there is a lot of optimism right now in Oxford and uh, at Ole Miss with basketball. And, and it really starts with just whatever is going on campus. You know, Lane's got the football team rolling. Mm-hmm. Baseball has been nationally competitive, national championship a couple years ago. Women's basketball was kind of the talk of the sport last year with their run of the three sixteen, 16. So. It's just a lot of positives going on right now at Ole Miss, and uh, we're here to do our part with men's basketball.
2: With your roster, um, you got Matthew Morrell back, a Memphis kid who was who's been a you know an All SEC player in the past. Um, what? How, how key was it for you to get him back as part of this? And what's kind of your expectations for him?
3: Yeah, it was obviously a priority. Um, you know, in my opinion, Matt's one of the best players in college basketball. Um, you know, there's there's only so many uh, stories that can be told um, in, on any time period in college basketball. I think Matt's one of those guys that's um, not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, in my opinion, he will demand um, with his play that his story be told. Um, the only thing really missing in his career is team success. Um, he's done a lot of really good individual stuff. Um, it's You know, it's time to win. And so Matt's done a really good job this off season, not only working on his game but also expanding as a leader, I have a lot of confidence in him. Um, I think he's a guy that can impact winning not only with his own play but how he can inspire others. So in my opinion, you know, you know Matt's one of the best players in the SEC.
1: Coach, specifically on, on the hardwood, X's and O's, what do you really like about this team and anticipate for this team this season? And maybe an area right now that you, you're thinking to yourself, we, we got to get much better at.
3: You know, I think, first of all, the identity of our team is we are experienced. Um, you know, with the addition of some older guys and the returners, we have, we have kept our team old, uh, which I think is really key in college basketball these days. There's no doubt there's a relationship between experience and winning in college basketball i think everybody would agree with that so we have a chance in terms of that you know makeup of our roster i think we have a chance to be good defensively which has always been an objective and kind of a dna of our teams um we've got a lot of rim protection we got you know sharp is seven foot five moose is seven foot one so um you know we like to play the game very aggressively on the defensive end and our length and athleticism allows us to do that then on offense we just got a lot of good players we got depth we have a lot of skill there's different ways we can play offensively
2: yeah i don't i'm not sure there's anybody in the nation that could have more rim protection than than what you got with those two guys that is for sure brandon murray the transfer from georgetown who had a lot of success at georgetown what kind of player is he what uh, what should fans expect out of him
3: yeah brandon's just a basketball player i mean um you know, a lot of a lot of guys try to pin players into positions, and I've never seen the game like that. You know, I don't see the game as a two, three, one, four. I ask recruits all the time. You know, what what is LeBron James? I <laughs> I think he's by far the best point guard in basketball when he plays with the ball in his hands. He's I think he's the best big in, in uh, the NBA when he plays back the basket. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, you know, with Brandon, uh, he can do a lot of things. Basically, play four positions. He's kind of a positionless guy, which is kind of how the NBA plays now. So we're very optimistic of Brandon's, you know, chance to really be successful here at Oxford.
1: Chris Beard is joining us, Ole Miss head basketball coach. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Beard. The Rebels will open up the season on Monday as they play host to Alabama State. I'm sure from your time in Little Rock, uh, just up the road from Memphis, that you know the importance of this city. Uh, the city of Memphis as far as recruiting. Matthew Morrell, we talked about. Musa Asise guys that come from Memphis. Um, I'm sure it's it's a pivotal part of recruiting, even though you recruit the entire country. And obviously Memphis and Ole Miss has played an awful lot. You'll play this season. Is it something, Chris, that you've looked into that you would love to continue for for years to play Memphis annually?
3: Yes, absolutely. I think it's great for both schools, Uh, Penny and I had a chance to visit a little bit about it this summer when we saw each other on the road recruiting um, and actually talked on the phone about trying to extend that series. Uh, I think the game this year is on a Saturday in December here in Oxford. and uh, I think both sides, I don't want to speak for Coach, but there's some interest both sides, you know, continuing that. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, we played each other in the past, I think when I was at Texas Tech and always followed his teams and I think he's building the program there the right way. So he's somebody I've always had a lot of respect for. But I think it's great for basketball in this part of the country. Um, I was actually thinking about that yesterday. We we come to Memphis a lot. Um, When I was at Little Rock, it was one of the cool things about that job is being close to Memphis, whether it was going to an NBA game or Mm -hmm. coming down and um, seeing some live music. But certainly one of the best states and um, best cities in the country. And it's pretty cool to be so close
2: to Memphis. One of the I don't know how many across the country ADs are like former basketball players, high level basketball players at their school, but that's the situation you have with Keith Carter as the AD down there. So when when there was first interest from you for Ole Miss and for them and you and talking to him and now being in that position as a basketball coach who has a basketball
3: guy A D,
2: what's that like? Is that helpful? What's that that dynamic?
3: Yeah, absolutely helpful. Beyond helpful, it's actually just kind of really cool. Like, um, you know, there's not many sitting BCSADs that that play college athletics. Um, not only did Keith play, you know, he starred. He's, yep. He wasn't mm-hmm. just a player at Ole Miss. He was a an All American. He's an NCAA tournament guy, All Conference guy. He's a really, really good player. One of the best players that's ever played in the SEC. Um, and you know, not only that, he played at Ole Miss. So, um, you know, I think his pride. And his um, just love of Ole Miss athletics, not just basketball, but the whole athletic department, is just special. And I've always thought, you know, for great things to happen, it's got to be personal. You know, it's like you think about the championship game, both locker rooms are, are in tears, right? One team that won the championship and one team that was so close. Mm-hmm. I think um, you think back, anything that great, great that happens when you build something, and that's certainly what we're trying to do here in Oxford is to build a program you know it's gotta be emotional. You gotta get people emotionally attached and um I don't think anybody would disagree that Keith Carter loves old miss. It's important to him, it's personal to him. Um and, and him and Chancellor Boyce uh were really the main reasons I was so attracted to this job.
1: I've been around here so long. I covered Keith as a player, and yes, he was a he was a dynamite player. I wanted to piggyback on what you just said, Coach, uh, about why you were so attracted to it. Obviously, you, you have Keith, and and he's able to talk to you about you know kind of a, a sleeping giant. That there's no reason why you guys can't get to that that next level. But anything else specifically, city wise, SEC that that sold you on the job?
3: Yeah, you know, one thing I've always uh, looked at jobs in terms of, hey, has it been done before? Um, I've never viewed myself or our staff or our program as guys that have a magic wand. You know, Right. We, we work hard. We have a plan. Um, but I think it's really important. You look at something, hey, has it been done there before? And at Ole Miss, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, Kermit Davis, a friend of mine, uh, did a good did a great job here. Uh, NCAA tournament, had good players, was graduating guys, had a culture, had a fan base. Um, we all know when we get into coaching – um, job change happened. Um, I got a lot of respect for Kermit he great, he, he laid a great foundation here. We benefit from that daily. Before Kermit, AK, um, basically had a real identity here at Ole Miss, won a lot of games, won the SEC, had a lot of good players. And then the history before that, with his Coach Evans or Coach Barnes or Coach Wetley, but mm-hmm. there's been a lot of really good teams and programs and players, most importantly, at Ole Miss. So, um, when this job open, you kind of think back of what's happened in the past, and that's the first step to me. Has it been done there before? And the answer at Ole Miss is yes. It's just our job to kind of get it back on the tracks, get everybody under the same umbrella, and get this thing rolling again.
2: Speaking of uh, going back to the past, you guys um, here in a couple of weeks will be playing a game at the Tad Pad. Uh, what talk about how that kind of that idea came about? And uh, I, I guess we've we've checked the Tad Pad; everything's good to go. The lights still work over there. Yeah, most
3: of them. Uh, <laughs> well,
2: that was at the end when they were actually still playing there. Most of them <laughs> only no, worked.
3: I, I think twofold. That's a, that's an idea uh, and a plan that we've executed in the past, both in Lubbock and in Austin. It's what we call a throwback game, and I think at Ole Miss it was an absolute no brainer. Um, you know, the Tad Pad that building means so many things to so many people, uh, whether it's former players, coaches, or season ticket holders, or Ole Miss students. Uh, my first two or three weeks at Oxford, I can't tell you how many times somebody had a Tadpad story. Um, the top of the list, I think, is the, um, the night that Pistol Pete dropped 60 or something <laughs> in the tad pad. You know, I had 124,000 people tell me they were at that game. I went, went back to check the attendance. I think it was only 10,000. So, um, But, no, we think it's going to be a great, uh, a great day for Ole Miss basketball, not just the game. Uh, but it's a game beyond the game. We're bringing back uh, Coach Evans, who was a championship coach here at Ole Miss. Nice. A lot of teams. Him and his wife are coming back. We're going we're gonna to honor Coach and all the teams that he had his time at Ole Miss. And, uh, it's just going to be a special day. I think it's a, kind of a rallying point for so many Ole Miss uh, fans and former students. That building means a lot. so It's going to be a fun day at Oxford.
1: Sixty for Pistol Pete without a three point line. I mean, that's, just, that's incredible thinking about that. All right, let me uh leave, leave you with this one, Coach. Um, as far as neutral court games, um, what what is your philosophy on scheduling neutral court games when you know you have to have a you know a solid non conference home schedule? Although in the SEC, you're going to get a lot of good opponents coming in. But what's kind of your philosophy as far as that's concerned? <laughs>
3: Well, our scheduling philosophy is to try to play the best schedule we possibly can to prepare our team for conference play, which mm. for us is obviously the SEC. And, um, I think me personally, uh, just answering the question, myself, my opinion, um, I think there should just be more quality home and homes mm-hmm. in college basketball. I agree. I think everybody enjoys kind of neutral site games just because that's where you get, can get two really good teams to play, so. Um, I think when I think of college basketball, I think of student sections, the band bases and great venues. And um, I think in recent years, with the power of TV and money, um, the neutral site game is obviously a big part. But I, me personally, you know, I'd love to get some games back in home gyms. And that's why I'm appreciative of Penny. I think the Memphis Ole Miss home and home is a good one. And um, we're working really hard on trying to find other games like that.
1: It's going to be a lot of excitement down in Oxford over the next few days. Tomorrow, obviously, the football team takes on Texas A&M. And then Monday night at the Pavilion, the Chris Beard era begins as Ole Miss will take on Alabama State. Our friend Tony Madlock, he is the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. He's Chris Beard. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Beard. Coach, thank you so much for joining us, man. I want to wish you nothing but the best and hopefully get to do it again down the line. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great weekend. You
2: thank you. You, know, are you. Are you talking about that rim protection? Holy
1: cow! Is C say?
2: I assume he's eligible. The way Coach was talking about him. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. I guess he is. I don't know. But man, when those two guys, <laughs> I mean, you could have literally like the two sh- top shot blockers in America. <laughs> like you, realistically, you could have the two top shot blockers in America playing on the same team.
1: There could possibly be a lot of finger wagging. Don't bring that in here. Can you put you're those two come on the court together.
2: Can you put those two on the court together? Just having both, they're both standing down there by the restricted area. Sharp at seven five. You will not drive to the basket against that. Sharp at seven
1: five. Moose is seven one. When's the last time we've seen legitimate twin towers? I'm trying to think, in the NBA, or even prevalent in college, like twin the twin towers.
2: I don't. I'm, certainly in college, I have no
1: idea. I'm probably I miss,
0: gonna, missing. I, something. I was going to say Florida. Horford and Noah, but I don't know if they were like seven feet
1: tall. Though. Horford, yeah. yeah. I don't even know if Horford's seven foot, is he?
0: No. I mean, no.
1: He's like 6'10 or something like that. I mean, these guys are like crazy tall. Sharp at 7'5. Musa's seven. Is he 7'1? Yeah. Musa?
2: Yeah, like these guys are like, this This is like the, I mean, when you're talking about sh- defensive shot blocking, like this is like the Ralph Sampson, Akima Olajuwon type stuff. Right, like, right. That's why like you don't, you just don't see, t- especially in today's basketball, they don't. And I don't know, like I don't know how much they'll play together if at all. But I mean, you're talking. I mean, that that is some serious rim protection when you got those two guys.
1: You, you better be able to hit some three pointers if you're playing Ole Miss. And, they, and again, I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure that Cise has already been given the green light from the NCAA. I don't know. Maybe he has, but that's something that obviously uh, you got to keep an eye on.
2: Last night, was over at East Coast Wings, uh, checking out a little bit of football action, a little bit of basketball action, having some good food, enjoying myself over there at East Coast Wings and Grill. And of course, when any games are on, you can always watch them. Like uh, tonight with the Grizzlies in action, college football, of course, over the weekend with all the college football, NFL action, they've always got it on at East Coast Wings and Grill with all the different TVs to watch all of the games while enjoying 60 different flavors of wings or any of the other great things. Last night, I had the Philly Cheese steak flatbread, which is one of my favorite things on the menu. Absolutely love that. They've got great burgers, they've got other sandwiches, salads, they can uh, all delicious stuff over there at East Coast Wings and Grill, plus 24 draft beers on tap, any other drink you want, and in great staff, great people, just always a good time when you're over at East Coast Wings and Grill. 3.30 to 6.30, that's happy hour, Monday through Friday, so you can get on over there, enjoy two-for-one beers, bucket specials, and much, much more. Don't forget the rewards program as well. East Coast Wings and Grill, located on Kate Hyde boulevard that's the road that runs right between lowe's and walmart off of highway 64
1: go check them out at east coast wings and grill you're tuned in to sports 56 mornings with greg and eli on real sports talk sports 56 and 98.5 fm
0: join the voice of the tigers dave woloshan for wolo and friends weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on sports 56 and 98.5 fm Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
2: Raider Corey texts in on the uh, Grizzlies. Uh, he says let me preface by saying I understand the thinking and reasons for bringing in Adams. And I was in favor of the move, but I miss JV and I'm really getting concerned how truthful the Grizzlies are regarding the seriousness of injuries. We all can admit that this Adams injury has been bizarre to say the least is Santi next. Well, the fact that Santi is now doubtful, I'm guessing that there's a good chance, probably Sunday he'll be listed as questionable. And we all know when the Grizzlies list, somebody as questionable. They play, um, so, hopefully, he's on his way back. I mean, listen, again, I, the Adams, Adams was, nobody could have foreseen this injury happening. Um, now, again, yes, the way it has been handled since it happened, bizarre, doesn't even begin to describe a three to five week injury costing a man 21 months. It's <laughs> just, that's impossible to explain.
1: The whole injury health situation with the grizzlies players and it's probably like this across the board in the NBA is always strange it's just it's strange i know they have an injury report i know we get that the, the day of the game or maybe the night before the day of the game whatever whatever the deal is it is still bizarre to me um how they there's no tr- i uh, i understand they're going to be they're going to keep things close to the vest But a little transparency, just a a tad transparency would be nice. Yeah, that was Bizarro World with uh, Steven Adams. Hopefully that's not the the case with Santi. Again, he's now listed as doubtful, meaning he probably will not play tonight, but he's moving up. He's moving up to the east side, a deluxe apartment in the sky, because once he gets to questionable, as you said, that usually indicates you're playing. And maybe he'll be questionable for Sunday.
2: That, That would be my guess, but um, if not, I would certainly expect that if he's they've upgraded him to doubtful, that he is he will play soon. Speaking of uh, past Grizzlies players, um, have you seen what Dylan Brooks is shooting from three point range now?
1: I have not checked on Dylan Brooks. Sixty two and a half percent. Sixty two and a half. How many attempts? He is ten for sixteen on the year. He just needed to change the scenery, my friend. <laughs> like
2: that is. <laughs> First of all, it's, I'm shocked that in four games he's only attempted 16. Especially with the fact that he's making them, I, I would have thought if he's making them, he's shot 40 by now. But make he's it, only attempted, make it, take it.
0: He's only attempted 16, and he's shooting. He's made 10 of them. So according to your math, Eli Xavier Tillman has missed all his threes while <laughs> Dylan's been making all his threes. Pretty much. Not a good yeah. trade off. Well, the, the crazy thing is. Tillman and Dylan have attempted almost the
2: exact same number of threes. Figure that out. Like I, I, I listen. I mean, I'm a little. I'm stunned that he has only attempted six. He's attempting four threes per game. I would have thought on that team where you like he really there's not anybody he has to really defer to. Necessarily, well, he has to refer. I, would
1: have, I would have thought minimum eight to ten a game. He has to defer to Fred Van Vliet, who's going to take the bulk of their three-point shots. But yes. That's I, one other guy. Here he is no, like I'm with four you. guys. I'm with you. I And he still found a way to get now, up eight if, or nine. If they were on, let's say Brooks was back on the Grizzlies, and I told you that each one of those guys were to take 16 shots at, at three-point shots, who would you rather take the three-point shots? You still would take Brooks, Right? Even though Tillman supposedly can hit some threes, you don't want Tillman. You still want Brooks, even though he gets slap-happy from three. We know that he can make threes, not consistently. So it's not a surprise that he's hit a high percentage of that. But it is a surprise, like you said, that he's only taken 16. He's
2: attempting less than 10 total shots per game.
1: He knows where his bread is buttered. On the defensive it's, end is the fewest
2: shots he's attempted per game since his second year.
1: I don't know. It's early. Let's see what happens. It's early. Uh, it's Woj, the fewest
2: threes he's attempted since his second year. Like it's just he's gone down there. He's got to get time to a- get acclimated. And He's
1: not shooting the ball for some reason. Like it's just bizarre to me. Uh, Woj is reporting that this in-season tournament which will pay the members of the winning team 500,000 the players they'll get 500,000 a piece some good coin but he says now they're designating money to the coaching staff so he said the head coach of the tournament's winning team will also be awarded 500,000 dollars and assistant coaches will share an additional pool of money that'll comprise 75 percent of the winning coaches' total. For head coaches and players, now that prize pool will descend based on advancing to become the tournament runner-up: two hundred thousand, semifinalists one hundred thousand, and a quarterfinalist fifty thousand, according to his sources. So, more financial incentives as far as the in-season tournament is concerned.
2: Well, with the size of the coaching staffs anymore, that's only like a dollar a piece for the assistants. <laughs> especially if they start, especially if they start doing all the, the second row guys, video people, and analysts and analytics people, and this, I mean all the consultants. There's, I, I swear, like there's, it feels like there's fifty different people that are down there yes, doing something for the Grizzlies. Because down. there are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know who any of these people are, what their role is, but by golly, are, there's a lot of people down there in those little sweatsuits. That's for sure. Moving can be stressful, with folks at Black Tie Moving will take good care of you and your belongings when you Get them to help you with your move. That's what you want to do. You want to make sure you get professionals to help you when you are moving to make sure that everything goes smoothly and you don't have to be stressed out throughout the entire process. Black Time Moving will make sure that happens for you. 901 901- three one six six one nine six that's the number to call or you can go to blacktimemoving.com slash memphis talk with them they work with you coming up with a plan fitting your needs fitting your budget they give you no obligation quote up front so you know exactly what it's going to be before you sign up for anything plus During the move, you get a moving concierge available 24-7 to answer any questions that might come up. Don't ask your friends. Don't try and do it yourself. Get the professionals to help you. Talk to the folks at Black Tie Moving. 901-316-6196 or go to blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis.
1: Brandon Lang is next. Hour 3 on the way. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.